This is a big SUF podcast intro. Upriver without an oar? No, not I don't paddle. see. I don't get that. If you're upriver without an oar, isn't that good? Because then you can easily float back downriver. Upstream without a paddle. Upstream without a paddle. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you were downstream yeah. without a paddle, that would be bad. You're walking home. I guess it depends on the river. What, like a river that flows upstream? That doesn't make any sense. Then that doesn't make that upstream means upstream. Yeah, but I'm saying like it, whether that's a bad thing or not depends on the river and the terrain. But I guess whoever coined the phrase, wherever they were at, it was clearly a bad thing, you know? So speaking of upriver without a paddle, I went upriver without a paddle this last weekend and it was amazing. Um, Was going fishing with my good friend on the Brazos, the Brazos. Brazos, the Arms River, if you speak Spanish, and so it is like, mm, how do I how do I describe the color of this river? It is a shade of brown. Okay. Um, it is the color of, you know, like the dirt of this. It's it's brown. like someone who likes light coffee. Yeah, like light too coffee. much cream in their coffee. Too much cream in the coffee. Gotcha. That is the color of the Brazos. Uh, it is browner than than Galveston water. Um. Which I think is gross. A lot of people don't, you know. So learning why Galveston is brown, like, helped me think it's less gross. Not that it's still not some gross. It is. Let's just be real. Let's not pretend like it's not. I've lived in Houston my entire life. I love Galveston. It just is what it is. But it's just because I think so much sediment is being kicked up at the bottom of, like, where the Mississippi and all those things kind of drain. And that's that's the story I've heard. Give me those eyes. They can't see the look you're giving me on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I, sure, Mississippi probably has something to do with it. I was just, I thought you were about to say like the Trinity and San Jacinto. Like, I have no idea what that. Well, those so. are the rivers that kind of like flow near Houston, oh. east of Houston. You know, oh, like Lake yeah, yeah, Conroe, yeah, okay, Lake yeah, yeah. Houston, gotcha, Lake Livingston, gotcha. and they all dump into Trinity Bay. Okay. So I figured that like Trinity Bay being this estuary has like a, a lot to do with the the water being muddy looking. Um. So when you said Mississippi, I like I just was like maybe I don't know like I'm not a I don't know that much about geography. Um, I did. Like, just I'm say, not a cartographer, but I did just use the word estuary. You know, yeah. just like harkening back to you know fifth grade geography where we have to learn those words. Um, but you're the only one who remembers them, so there's that. <laughs> there was a time recently. I'm gonna get back to this river story, but there's a time recently where I said a geography thing and nobody cared, and you were there. Um, you were talking about like the house you were gonna stay at, and you were like, yeah, it's like. It's like one street past um, Bel Air Street, and like I just like pulled Beach Nut like out of thin air. I was like, yeah, maybe Beach Beach somebody Beach Nut, and you were like, yeah, that's it. And like I wanted people to be like, dang, how did you know that random street on six ten in <laughs> Houston? You're not even from here, and I didn't get any accolades. Um, I was impressed with myself. Anyways, we were uh, on the Brazos. We fished there, and. We have a, a little uh, canoe that we, we finally put a, a trolling motor on, so we were able to go upstream a little bit better than uh, using our drill. We're literally a hand drill with a – or like a cordless drill with a propeller, propeller on the back. In it. Yeah. yeah. Um, works great in your pool, though. So it does. It works great in the river. Anyways, we're going upstream. We find this little creek, and like we're like, let's check it out. And I kid you not, man, right at the mouth of the creek. I don't know if you've seen this kind of phenomenon before where a tributary meets a river and the water color changes. And it's like a line. Yeah. Because the waters are like, you know, splashing against each other. This is one of those. 
Um, and it is that light brown coffee. And then the creek is emerald green. Ooh. Emerald, man. Like, there's some algae, I think, is part of it, but it's also just clear. So it's reflecting a lot of the trees around it. Um, and and the, if you stick your hand in the Brazos, you cannot see an inch under the water. Like, you can't see your fingers if you're just, like, you know, barely put your hand in the water. This you can probably see, like, a foot and a half into the water. And it is beautiful. It's, it's raining a little bit. Um, and there are fish everywhere. And you can see them. And there are uh, short-nosed gar and alligator gar everywhere. Just literally every three seconds, you see another foot and a half, two-foot gar just floating on the surface, just, you know, being a gar. And it was beautiful, man. I don't even remember. We were talking about upstream without a paddle or whatever, but it was a great experience, really relaxing. Um, And then we saw the mother of all gar. Um, I thought it was a sandbar. It had to have been seven feet long. It was a it was a manatee, a dolphin. Like it was the that biggest. That terrifying. It was disgusting. Um, the gar are really hard to catch if you're a fisher. We didn't catch anything. Um, they just don't. They bite the lure or the bait, and then they just like don't swallow it, and their mouths are too like hard to hook. Yeah, um, it's like bone cartilage and stuff. And so it was like really fun to watch them just follow the lure and like bite it. And you're like, oh, I think I got it. Nope. Um, it, it takes them like a minute to finally swallow something, but. I might bring a bow next time if we see Mamagar. I need to make sure, like, it, if we can, like, hunt these things or not. Like but it's legal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's fine. But, dude, I mean, if we if we landed, like, a 200-pound gar, I was like, Jordan, we would make the Waller newspaper. And, uh... You probably yeah, would. I'm excited, so, to that's, go back. That's really exciting. Uh, how would you get a 200-pound something into the boat? Uh, we'd probably have to tow it. Tow I don't... It. Yeah. That makes sense. We would, it would, it, we would figure it out. We might have to like cut it up and then, yeah. you know, like cook it on site or something. Maybe invite everybody out to the river for the for the grill. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, it was a great, great experience. Great weekend. How was your weekend? It was good, man. I don't even remember what I did this weekend. It's Fourth of July. Fourth of July. That was a good time. Uh. I don't remember what I did on Saturday, but that's just who I am as a person. It's great. Um, fourth, uh, fourth was great, and church was fun in the morning. Service was really good and strong. Um, and uh, just getting a little bit of rest afterwards and then hanging out with friends and coworkers and stuff was just a really good time, having a good conversation, swimming with the little kids in the pool. Mm. So watching, watching our kids splash was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm typically not like I used to love like Labor Day, Independence Day, any of the grill out holidays because that was our family tradition. And now I still do. It's just I'm 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 a, a fireworks, uh, you know, complainer. I feel like I'm Clint Eastwood from that one movie where Gran Torino where he's like, get off my lawn. <laughs> I'm like that with fireworks now and I'm only 30 years old. So I just my dog hates fireworks and. I kind of hate fireworks when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. And I'm just kind of over it. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, my wife and I feel somewhat the same way. We just have different timetables. Like after midnight to me is ridiculous for her after 8 PM is ridiculous, but I'm like, I was kind of when it's starting to get good. And so maybe not ridiculous, but it's just like, it's kind of like, okay, our kids sleeping and we're trying to get to bed. But also like, I think some of that stuff changes, maybe not with age, but with life stage. So like, having to get to work and like 
you need more sleep than you used mm-hmm. to and you've also got a kid mm-hmm. and there's other stuff happening and you're just like, okay, well now, now there's a lot more at stake than just me not waking up for my shift at Starbucks, you know? Yeah. I also grew up in a place where like normal people, like fireworks were illegal. You had to go uh. across state lines to get them. And so people didn't really have fire, even firecrackers, like it wasn't a thing. Right. But you'd go to the, the city show or whatever. Yeah. And so it had a starting time and an ending time. And it was going to be a lot more entertaining, I 100%. think, as far as like viewing. I know some people like to be the person blowing the things up. But um, yeah, so I'm more so like if we could like cap it at a certain time, you know, or like days of the year, because I get like, I'm just like, are you serious? Like, that I think we are now into August and you haven't used all your fireworks and it's a school night or whatever. Like, yeah, that's where it gets a little bit wild. Like, I didn't appreciate them on Saturday night. I'm like, hey, it's not not the time yet. <laughs> Okay. Not, you Calm guys down. are off by a day. I appreciate the effort, but <laughs> yeah, like we just actually no. celebrate Independence Day tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like that's those are the kind of things where I'm like, hey, on the day you, you got some grace, have some good time, but it's not like a holiday weekend. Like you get to annoy everyone all weekend. It's like we've all agreed that you can be loud on this one day at nighttime. Like that's what the general American agreement is, you know. Yep. And then when people go outside of that agreement, it's just like, that's a little bit more frustrating, you know? Yeah. So it's like it turns into a war zone in Houston, man. I, I wasn't ready for it when I first moved here. And then like the toxic cloud hanging yeah. over the streets. And then some years it's like you're just trying to drive home from hanging out with your friends and you've, you're trying to dodge kids and trying not to explode your car. <laughs> and you're like, please don't throw that firecracker at my vehicle, you know? Yeah. And the next morning there's just firecracker and firework dust all over everything and someone didn't sweep up their trash so it's blown all into your yard you know yeah i really am a grumpy old man now look look what we are now remember when we were fun and young 30s yeah um no i don't distant memory (laughs) i saw a tweet that was like um this guy is like doing this fake sketch and he's kind of like uh uh you know kids kids these days like they look at us like we looked at people from the 60s and i'm like that doesn't even add up and then he's like, oh, wait. And he kind of like this realization that like there's this 30 year gap between the 90s and the 60s. Like people, kids like look at people from the 90s like they're from the 60s. Like we looked at people from the 60s. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. My parents are from the 60s. Um, so that is wild. We are old. I, uh, it, I, I guess I, not really ironically. Ironically would be that one time I celebrated Independence Day in England or in London. But we... Um, interestingly had our pastor from mexico teach on independence day um which is cool i don't we didn't like plan that or anything but i love it when marco's in town um i'm glad that you know we have the ability to to bring him out here so frequently and um that his church body there is so willing to share him with our campus just because brings a unique voice and perspective and uh man i love how he teaches with just so much like passion and heart and yeah um I don't think it's often that, I mean, yeah, like how, how often do you go to a church service and the pastor is going to like break down and, and tear up uh, because of the words he's saying. Um, and they're so, just because he cares so much. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed it. He talked um, about the story of Gideon. Uh, if you haven't heard it yet, you can check it out on this channel um, or on our YouTube, Facebook. You can find it there. Um, actually, David wanted to play a, a little bit of, I never even, we never even introduced you. This is David Rudd. Yo, it's if David Rudd. If you haven't Rudd. figured it out yet. Um, David Rudd's the guy that plays guitar a lot on stage. He's our music director. Um, 
he's uh sometimes plays bass and piano too i mean he wears all black like that's probably how you'd be able to spot him yep um yeah and he's a great friend of mine so um i wanted to play david a little bit of a like kind of the end of his message a little five minute clip uh just to kind of get us started and so um and anybody's listening to this that might be like wow i do need to go back and listen to the full thing so here we go so i guess the question is when are you going to start living based on the value God gives you and see yourself how God sees you. God is telling him, Gideon, stop making out excuses, okay? I see you as a valiant warrior. And if you are hearing these words, he's telling you, you are a valiant warrior and I am with you. So how are you going to respond? See, the story of Gideon is the story of a man who little by little understood the value that his life had before the eyes of God. And that gave him the courage to live his life as a really valiant warrior. But remember, God wanted to make sure that Gideon understood that he didn't have to fight the battles, that the battles are won by God. All Gideon had to do is go. He says, go. And the same thing he's asking of all of us. All we have to do is go. Um, about five years ago, I went back to practicing Taekwondo, you know, the martial art. And, and something interesting happened um, in, in a couple of tests ago. You know, when you're testing for black belt, among a bunch of things, the test lasts like three days. On the last day, there's forms, but then there's combat, you know, sparring. And you have to do first a sparring against one person of your same degree, okay? And then after, you have to do another sparring against two people of your same degree. There was a woman that was probably in her 50s, and she did the first combat, you know, and she did good. You could see that she was not very secure, but she did good. And then when they called her name to stand up to fight against two people, she wouldn't stand up. So they called her name, and, and she was looking for ants, you know, around her seat like that, you know? So the teacher stood up with the list and called her name again, and, and some people started like, yeah, it's her. So he came to her and said, ready, come on. And she was like, no. He says, stand up. She's like, no. He's like, yes, you can, st- come on, stand up. She finally stood up and, you know, half trembling, went to the mat. And then the teacher said, ready. And the woman goes, Aah! and the guy says, stop. That's all I need. Go sit down. You don't have to fight, but you have to go. That's it. That's what God asked from us. You don't have to fight the fight, but you have to go. Read the story. God fights that fight, and He fights every single one of our fights. You know, um, when we started planning these churches, Mark, Laura, Karina, and I, one of the things that impacted me the most is that Mark and Laura's plan was never, one day we're going to build a building. His, their plans were always, one day we're going to be able to impact our culture, impact the life of the people around us and in many countries. They always had a, a, a view of, of countries far away and it was impact the countries, the, the, the culture change. 
The only way that we're going to be able to do that is if we start believing God. If we start being aware of how God sees each one of us and that everywhere we go, he goes with us. And listen, this is not a message about being a good person. If that's what you're hearing, then I, I fail. This is a message about challenge you to become an extraordinary person, loving your culture by changing it, being a light. This is the life that we were invited to, to participate in. See, the people of Israel yeah, were invited into that life and very few of them accepted. But thanks to those people, you and I are sitting in this room. Most of them rejected it. So my prayer for all of us is that God will open our eyes, that you will be able to see yourself exactly the way that he sees you and believe him when he says, go because I am with you. I will fight the battle, just go. If you put yourself in his hands and ask him to open your eyes and believe that he's with you, you will become the extraordinary person that he designed you to be. And if every single one of us did that, we would, you know, that would truly be extraordinary. Man, I love that. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the passage he's teaching from, again, is Gideon. It comes from Judges 6. Um, if you want to read it. Um, and, yeah, it's this whole idea that God has chosen Gideon to save his people. And, you know, this first thing that, that the angel of the Lord says is, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. And, and like, I've heard a lot of people kind of teach on that with this, this whole, like, I'm not a valiant warrior. You know, he says, like, in, in verse 15, like, how am I supposed to do it? You know, my family's, like, the least in the smallest tribe, and, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. And um, Marco did that whole, like, fake <laughs> verse in his message where he's like then the lord answered oh pardon me never mind i must have the wrong house um but he didn't say that he said like no i'm gonna be with you and you'll defeat midian as one man um and so man i, I don't know if there's something that stands out to you in the story or, or means a lot to you from it but i'm, I'm kind of w- would ask you we can maybe think through why is it so hard for us to see ourselves as god sees us you know, I mean, like we get it, we get the firsthand account with Gideon. Like he's like, no, like you, you do have the wrong guy, God. Like I'm, I'm literally hiding in a hole, scraping off wheat from the ground, processing, processing this wheat in a wine press because I'm trying to hide from these, this army who's taking control of us. I'm not going to be the, the revolutionary hero. Yeah. So, I mean, why, why do you think that like, or, or there's, a, there's a time in your life where you've caught yourself like, not seeing yourself the way God sees you and it's like hindering you from, from being who God wants you to be. Yeah, man, I would every day, really legitimately every day. Uh, man, I think I've spent so much time. I think we've all spent so much time, but just me speaking personally, like having other people speak into my life, you know, people that should be speaking into my life. But you know, the reality is we don't, talk about Jesus and God and read the Bible 24-7. That's kind of not what our culture is, and that's okay to some degree. Um, We should talk about God more. You know, we should engage in those conversations, but 
when I think about it, you know, I think about what the world tells me I am and what people tell me I am. And uh, I don't think it just is with, man, there's so many things that we're told, right? Like, so I'm told I am David, right? That's my name. That's the name my parents gave me, you know? Uh, it does mean beloved. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Um, but um, that that's how I'm told I am. I was told I, I talked a lot in school. My grades told me I was not a very good student, you know? Uh, some of my teachers also told me I was not a very good student. Some of them said, hey, you've got a lot of potential or you're smart, but you're not applying yourself. Um, other people have said I'm lazy, I'm rude, I'm, you know, these other things. And I, they've all been true at some point. But I think I've let those things overtake um, what I know God has called me to be and what God has already called me as far as, like, who he sees me as. And, like, I think what's interesting in this story is – Gideon didn't have to win the battle or even fight the battle for God to call him valiant warrior. He's valiant warrior before he even knew there was a battle to fight, um, in a sense, you know? And so I think that's, that's one of those things that's just kind of hard for us to grasp because we live in a culture where it says you're not this until you've accomplished this thing. Um, you're not a, you're not a black belt in karate until you've taken this test. You have to do these things in order to get this thing. And I think that's what's so different about God in the story with Gideon. I think it's a very clear picture of like how we're supposed to interact with Jesus and how we come to faith as God is saying, Hey, when, when you accept Jesus, you don't have to be a good person. That's literally impossible. You don't have to do stuff for me to love you and for me to accept you and to adopt you as a son or a daughter. Um, and so I think that's that's kind of a really beautiful picture. And, and I think that's why it's so difficult, at least for me, to live in that is because I'm constantly looking at what the world is telling me um, through so many different things, all those things I mentioned. But even if you want to bring it into like today, it's like, you know, how many likes did that social media post get? Yeah. Or did my wife tell me that I did a good job? Mm -hmm. Or did my boss tell me? Or did my friend say this? Or, you know, there's like a thousand different things that we're looking for to validate how we feel. And we've, even as Christians, we've broken it down to these five love languages. And like, you know, one of mine is words or affirmation, you know, and if we don't get those, we don't feel good. And in contrast, God is saying, that's not how it's supposed to work. You don't need those things. Those things are okay and they're good, but that's not what you should need to know who you are and to be who you are. Yeah. I think too, like, as you were saying, all of these things that this like mounting, um, you know, pile of, of things that are making you feel that way. Like you're not good enough or, you know, you're inadequate or whatever it is. Um, like you get that in Christianity too. And a lot of us are fighting that this kind of like pseudo Christianity of just like, you, you have to be a good person and like, you have to be put together. Um, and I, I don't know where that comes from because every church I've been at is like, no, like we're all sinners. But I, I think, what happens is like we like hide our brokenness from other people just because we want to save face, not from a Christian perspective, just from like a human perspective. And so what, what ends up happening is like if everybody is hiding the fact that they're, you know, beat up or going through something and everybody is looks put together, you know, the whole like Instagram metaphor, then, you know, you kind of follow suit and feel like you need to be too. Um, and so I, I did, it's funny, like, my m mother was in town just for a night 
couple days ago. Um, she's in town visiting a friend. And I was showing her all of these videos of her grandson that she hadn't seen because we only send her like the really, really cute ones. And there were some really funny ones where he looks like mad or is being crazy or something that like we don't send her that are cute in a different way because he's being a, a little turd or something like yeah. that or a turkey. And she loved it. You know, she had a blast and was like dying laughing. Um, but I was like, yeah, you you don't get the full picture. You only get the, the highlight reel. And so, um, yeah, I, I agree, man. There's a lot of pressure to, or I guess it's hard for us to believe. For me, it's hard for me to believe that everything that God says about me is true because um, I, I don't treat God's voice as the most important in my life. Um, and I think part of that is because I, I need to be spending more time in prayer and scripture because um, there is just like a, a quantity element to it of just like you saying all of these things is what you're hearing throughout the day. You know, throughout the day, you're getting texts from your wife or, you know, you're hearing feedback from your bosses and, um, and, and I am too. And it's like, am I getting the feedback from God throughout the day as well? Um, the reminder of what's true. And so, man, I think you, you hit on something that we had kind of talked about through text a few days ago, maybe yesterday. Um, but the idea that something that people choose to spend their time on is what they value. And so oh, the yeah. idea of valuing the voice of God, like that's even just convicting to me to hear, like we were talking about it in a different context, but just you yeah. saying that now is like, oh my gosh, like I need to put God as a higher value in my life, mm-hmm. um, more so than my wife and my kid even. Um, it, it doesn't mean I need to go eight hours with God, seven hours with them. You know, I think there, there's some overlap clearly. Yeah. And, it's, and being with God isn't all just like, closing your eyes and praying and, or reading your Bible. Those aren't right. the only options. There's a right. lot of other things. But I think there is something special and sweet and beautiful about intentionally spending time with God um, throughout your day at multiple points, not just a 15-minute, let me get it done in the morning or night, but mm-hmm. just making sure to go back to that well that you can drink from. Yeah, I think there's a um, – how do I word this? I I, th- I think add to that list of people that you should be um, listening to, uh, listening to God more than like add yourself to that list. I think that we treat our own opinion as the highest opinion and the land, you know, like yeah. people can give us advice, like people who care a ton about us and they're like, Hey man, like this is not good for you, but it's like, we always think we know better, you know, so, like from when we're five years old, to when we're especially when we're teenagers it's like hey don't do that thing trust me i'm your i'm your parent and like i know i love you and i know better it's gonna hurt you we still have to try it you know because we think we know better um so i think we listen to our own you know uh opinion our own conscious um more so than anybody else and it's like we have to be able to put god above that and what he thinks of us and says of uh says of us um and something else you said i've been listening to a lot of worship music and I I have been for years and lately my new way of listening to it is like actually trying to process the lyrics um, and not just kind of like assume that the lyrics are are true or assume that I agree with the lyrics or whatever it is but just like try to take them for what they are Um, because what I found is that like there's a lot of times a lyric comes up in a worship song that like I don't believe or I don't live like I believe it. And I'm not saying that I think the lyric is false teaching or blasphemy or anything. It's just like, 
it's it's a lyric that like I want to be like that. Like I want to trust God with my life, you know, or if times are bad and it's this lyric that's like, you know, you, you are good, you know, like, uh, how great you are, like you're amazing. You're my healer. And it's like, I'm, I'm not experiencing that in the moment. Um, it's stuff that I want to believe. And so I'll sing the, the lyric over and over, um, like until I believe it or like just trying to get there. Like, it's like these yeah. prayers. It's like, I'm praying, into something it's like man it's like when when i did this might be the best example i can i can come up with on the fly when i did high jump in in high school um we did a couple of things to get ourselves used to jumping over a a bar that like we've never jumped before if you just put the bar up there at like six foot four something that i'd never jumped it's intimidating it's tall it's like way out of my reach right and so what we would do is we'd either string a, like a, like a, almost like an exercise bungee kind of cord thing up at that height. So you're going to hit it every time, but it's not going to hurt, you know? Um, or we would put this platform that's about a foot tall, kind of like a, it looks like maybe a block that you drive your car wheels up onto in your garage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you jump off of that easily over the six foot four bar. Right. Um, because it makes that look more attainable as you're approaching it. And so you get used to, you know, hitting this higher standard. And so like, that's how I've been treating worship music lately. It's like, man, I I don't live like I believe this yet. I don't have this trust. I don't have this mentality of putting God before everything or whatever the lyric is, but I want to. And so um, that's a way that lately I've been kind of trying to to push myself towards um, really believing in in God and everything he says and everything he says about me. Um, that I wanted to share with with you and everybody else. Yeah, that's good. No, I think that's super. Dude, I think I think there's something special about paying attention to the words of God and words people are saying about God, whether it's in church or whether it's in conversation with friends or music you hear on the radio. Um, there's just I think that's that's one of those other ways that you I think you just mentioned it and kind of hit it on the head of like that you can intentionally spend time with God outside of prayer or just reading your Bible. It could be listening to those worship music, that worship music and trying to process that or just while you're in your car, instead of, you know, all some of our worst habits, I'm going to go ahead and claim this for myself, uh, picking up your phone at a red light. Cause you need to scroll through social media because you can't be alone with your thoughts. It's like, nah, be alone with your thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. like feel that moment and maybe think about maybe the last sermon you heard or just think about how you feel, you know, and process through that and then take that to God. Let him tell you how you should be, you know. I would um, I would encourage anybody, this is just more uh, stuff you can do, um, as David's sharing that. Um, go read Romans 8. Like, read it, uh, study it. Maybe you've never, like, studied uh, a passage of the Bible where you're actually just, like, reading it line by line, maybe taking notes maybe asking yourself, like, what does this specific sentence mean? Um, uh, like you would study uh, poetry way back in school. Um, read it. I mean, it's, it's like one chapter, and it's a, a chapter in the Bible is a lot shorter than a chapter in a book, so it's like, I don't know, 30-some verses. Read it, though, and and with the lens of, like, what, what does God think of me, me personally, us, all of us, um, it's pretty profound. Um, probably my favorite chapter in the entire Bible, but a lot of, lot of stuff in there about 
how much God values us. And it's, it's really unbelievable if you let it soak in um, and, you, and you actually try to believe it. I like how Marco wrapped with this question. Um, and I want to wrap the podcast with it because it's, it's interesting. Um, he said, when are you going to start living based on the value God gives you and see yourself how God sees you? Um, and I, I love it how it's not a, a why or a what, or a how, like, how are you going to start living like this? Um, which might be more helpful. And, you know, maybe we can continue that thought and help us and any listener, like, get to there by the how, um, which we've already talked about quite a bit, though. Um, but it's this when, when are you going to start living based on the value that God gives you? When are you going to see yourself while God sees you? Because um, it's this decision that we have to make. And I don't know, just hearing, hearing Marco say it, it's like, uh, yeah, just step into it, enter it. Like you're, you're missing out on, uh, on a lot of freedom from, from shame and pain and guilt and uh, yeah. frustration. Man, that, uh, that reminds me of the, we did this series at a church I used to be at and it was called show up. And the whole idea was just, just show up. And it was about everything in life, you know, be present, just show up. And so the pastor was talking about kind of it in a parenting context. And he said, he's like, I just show up in my kid's room. Wouldn't have a plan. Wouldn't be like, hey, let's go fishing. Let's go do this. He's like, I just mm-hmm. show up and we'd be around each other and something would happen eventually. Like we would we would either talk or we'd play video games or something would happen. And so I think there's, uh, that's what I like about the win question is just like, just show up. Yeah. You know, just start talking to God. You don't have a plan. Don't be like, oh, I guess I need to confess my sins, and then I need to tell him how great he is, and I need to, like, don't make a list for yourself. Just show up and start talking to God. Just open your Bible and read something. Just come to church and listen. Listen to worship music. Whatever the deal is, you know, it's just like, just show up. That's that's the win. You know, when are you going to do it? Just show up today or tomorrow, whenever, you know? Yeah, I love it. It's perfect. It's uh, it's exactly what Marco was was saying. And that bit that we played earlier, it's like, God's going to do the fighting. God's, uh, do, do you think that you need to carry your relationship with God? Like, do you think that like the, the, the weight of it, uh, the, the person who's carrying the relationship is going to be you? I think that like, we think that all the time about re- like religion in general is just like, like how is your relationship with God? And, and, you know, sometimes maybe we need to start thinking, you know, how's God's relationship with me? How available have I been to God? Um, have I been the distant one in the relationship um, just go. God's going to do the fighting in the, in the struggles, just go. Um, and then when you, when we're trying to, to know him more, when we're trying to see him like, or when we're trying to see ourselves, like he sees us more, let's just show up. Let's make ourselves available. I love that. So think of a, a way you can do that this week. You can start, um, doing that, be specific and, um, make it happen. David, any final thoughts? Nope. That was was great. That was my final thought. That was great. Um, We love you, Community of Faith. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a great week. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Community of Faith podcast. The views, opinions, and beliefs expressed by the individuals on this show do not necessarily represent those of Community of Faith or its founding pastors. For more information about Community of Faith, check out our website, cof.church.com.